you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi everybody so good to be back with you again this week guys if you want even more content if you want to see the pictures that i'm describing in action if you want to read show notes and go to links that we discuss on this podcast then you won't want to miss our resource, affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. There you can find links to things like our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our Facebook. You can get so much more content and actually see all the things I've been discussing because I know as an avid podcast listener that sometimes it can be quite hard to visualize what these people are talking about. So a picture says a thousand words, and I know I also say several thousand words, but hopefully the picture will help to just illuminate situations for you even more easily. What else is going on? We decorated the storefront. Normally the storefront, I time it because I have to kind of factor it into my day. I give myself no more than a hundred dollars to spend on decorating the windows, and I give myself no more than two hours to take everything from the previous season out and put everything from the new season back in. Well, as some of you have heard, maybe we had some pretty big flooding in this area with Hurricane Ida. And one problem with my cozy, amazing storefront is that these beautiful display windows flood whenever it rains. So I've been talking to my landlord about this for years. I've been caulking it myself every time I decorate the windows, I recalk the windows, and every time it rains, it rains in my storefront windows. That means that, of course, I want to put a boundary on how much I'll spend because it's going to probably get ruined. Well, I was so excited this year because fall is not my favorite season, but it is my favorite season to decorate for because it doesn't take much to make it look really compelling and cozy. And so I have garlands of leaves that I've been using for three years. I spent zero this year, zero. I reused um, plastic pumpkins. I reused pumpkin baskets. I used some old brochures of ours because you know, this month we are renaming ourselves, rebranding. We're going to be Uploft Interior Design. Don't worry, the podcast will still stay Affordable Interior Design, but it'll be 
affordable interior design by Uploft. I'm really excited by the change and it's going to allow us to expand, grow, so many different things. But it's another reason to be reusing the stuff from last year because next year I'm going to want to be using different colors, different imagery, revamping, and heck, who knows if I'm going to be in this storefront next year. We never know. We're taking it one day at a time, which is not my favorite place to be. I like to settle in and make something a home. But as you guys may or may not have heard, the storefront is a little bit in flux. And it feels like my whole life is just a little bit in flux. And I'm learning to enjoy not only this change of seasons, which is happening whether I like it or not, but also enjoy just the potential change in my life. I don't like upheaval, but I'm going to grin and bear it. And I'll share pictures of the storefront so you can chime in on what you think of the decor that I completely reused from seasons long ago. I'll put that on the YouTube channel as well as in the show notes. All right, everybody, let's get to your questions. We have some good ones hanging out in the mailbag. So let's first answer Stacy's question. Stacy is writing in from California. Placerville, California, Placerville, California. Hopefully one of those was correct, Stacy. But you write, hi, Betsy. Thank you for considering my question. I recently moved from a thousand square foot remodeled house in the city to a 2,200 square feet fixer upper house in the country. I have some furniture from my old house in the new living room, but it just doesn't work here. It's just filling space for now and there's not enough to fill the space. The room is 22 feet by 16 feet. I've had the baseboards replaced and the painters coming next week. The walls are going to be Sherwin-Williams Alabaster and the baseboards will be Sherwin-Williams Accessible Beige. I have no idea what to do with this room. What's the best furniture arrangement for a rectangular space like this? Should I put some sort of light or chandelier or maybe two in the ceiling? What kind of window treatments would be best? I don't want to block the view and privacy is not really an issue for us. I plan to turn the wood stove into a fireplace. Should I paint the surrounding stone? Any of the questions you can answer are greatly appreciated. I've attached photos so that you can see the view standing in my dining room and looking down the length of the space to the living room. You can also see standing in the entryway that enters into the living room. And you can see standing opposite side of the living room, looking back into the dining room and entryway. Also, I've included a close-up of the stone fireplace. All right, Stacy. let's dig right in. So you know, the one thing I don't answer on the podcast is furniture layout because I use something called the master layout system where we try every possible option, leaving no stone unturned, really examining the floor plan from all angles so that by the time we come up with the floor plan that's going to work best for you, we know we've tried every viable option. And the reason I do that is so that when you're investing in these pieces, spending that money, you're not questioning. You're not saying to yourself, huh, should I have put the sectional over there? Should I have gotten a right arm sectional versus a left arm sectional? And wait, should I have gotten a bigger rug because it'll fill the space more? Or am I just trying to define this smaller seating area? You know, all those questions are answered when you do your due diligence and try everything in a systematic way. That being said, I'll be able to answer some of your questions here because some of them can just get you thinking more and can apply to many situations for other listeners. So you can be thinking as you're examining your current layout or thinking of a new one, 
hey, does that fit my situation? Could this be answering my question? All right. So first of all, it is a nice big room, Stacy, and it's got currently kind of very neutral walls, and it sounds like they're going to stay neutral, just get a little more saturated. You've got these beautiful mid-tone wood floors. There is something a little bit funky and that the fireplace is way over in the corner of the room. So it's not centered. It's on this wall that's cut by an opening. So it is sort of a big feature in the room, but somebody put baby in the corner, right? It's in the narrowest part of the room, far in the corner. Because we know architecturally fireplaces are the focal point of a room, you would never want to put your back to a fireplace because then you can't see it. So if we know that the fireplace is the architectural focal point and it would feel weird to put our back when seated on the primary piece of furniture, typically a sofa or sectional, when looking at said focal point, then we know that the sofa or the sectional must face the fireplace. Now, the challenge, if the fireplace is on a very short wall, is that usually people with a fireplace who are designing their living room have one other function. And in a living room, the other function is often TV viewing, which means that there are two focal points, one architectural and one practical, right? Just a choice you're wanting to make because you want to watch TV in this room. And I can see in the pictures you sent that is something that you're planning on doing. But the problem is that you've got the TV in one faraway corner on the 22nd foot side of the room, right? And 22 feet away on the other side is the fireplace. And it's actually perpendicular to the TV. So unless you have all the seating on the opposite wall and it's all just facing forward, you're going to have a hard time looking at both focal points. And also because the fireplace is perpendicular to the TV rather than being on the same plane, you're only going to be able to see it out of your periphery and maybe not even that well. Typically, I like to keep both focal points on the same plane, or if I'm using a sectional, one arm of the sectional would be angled to face the architectural focal point, that fireplace, and the other arm of the sectional would be focused or facing the secondary focal point. So we have two options. We can put it above the fireplace, right? Um, and let me just go back to the fireplace image. There is plenty of room to put it up there and your room is quite deep at 22 feet. So you could certainly put it above the fireplace, but then you're going to have to think about your implements, your cable box, any game systems, because there is no room around this fireplace for a media cabinet or anything. So ideally, this would just be a smart TV with absolutely no ancillary boxes or cords or connections. The other option, if you're using a sectional, is that, as I mentioned before, one arm could face the fireplace and then the other could face that opposite wall, which is the wall opposite the window, and that's where you could put the TV so that you could kind of enjoy both from the same piece of furniture. And that wall that I'm talking about that's opposite the windows is another very long wall where you could do a lot of different things. So as we're thinking that through, those would be some things that I would consider. 
And then of course you have to ask yourself, what other functions do you want to do in this space? Besides sitting comfortably and watching TV and watching the fire, do you need a desk area? Do you need a place to do yoga? Do you need a bar cabinet? These are all things you have to ask yourself when you're creating the layout of a room. I'm working with a client right now in Pennsylvania, and they have a very big family room, even larger than this room, but they have this one nook that they just don't know what to do with. And the only functions they want in the room are comfortable seating for lots of people and TV viewing and fireplace viewing. Well, you know, what are we going to do over there? They don't want a separate reading nook. This is just for entertaining and talking with others. They don't need any storage. They have a whole room adjacent that holds everything that they need. So I don't like to just fill something arbitrarily. Like, let's find something that you want to do. Let's not just purchase random pieces of furniture. So think deeply about the other functions. And once you've established the placement of those primary functions, fill in with the other pieces, play with it a little bit. Something else I would really recommend is a nice large rug to define the space. Also, your windows are very nondescript. They're not even framed out with wood or anything like that. So window treatments will really help to bring some wow factor to this room. Speaking of wow factor, let's see what else we could do in here to make it come to life. You know, that wall opposite the windows is very big. It's the longest unbroken wall, which typically holds the biggest piece of furniture. But in your case, that may not be practical for a sectional given your focal point conundrum. So we want to make sure that you give that wall the gravitas it deserves. If you're going to put the TV over there, maybe you flank it with bookcases. If you want the TV to be very minimal, maybe you build a gallery wall around it. We need to bulk up whatever you're doing on that big wall so that it takes some of the room's weight and doesn't just look like the empty alabaster elephant in the room. And in terms of light fixtures, you know, I don't see any connections there right now. Certainly, you could add in additional overhead lighting, but if it's not there currently, I would start with lamps. You know, interior designers generally aren't huge fans of overhead lights because they're kind of like interrogation rooms. They just beat down on you from above, whereas floor lamps, table lamps, lighting on a human level, those create cozy pools of light that I can use to make a space more inviting and also use in a way in terms of task lighting if I'm reading a book or if I'm working at my desk, things like that. So um, so those are just some things to consider as you're putting everything together. Well, for those of you who can see me on YouTube, you can see that someone has stopped by the storefront and needs my attention. So I'm going to pop out for just a minute and I will be right back. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. 
You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. So as I was recording my podcast, I saw a gentleman waving outside my storefront window, grabbing my attention. It's Carl from next door. He works at the dry cleaners. And you know you're in small town USA when the dry cleaner next door stops by to tell you that your order's ready and you can pick it up whenever. It's very kind. (laughs) Very kind, but maybe not in the middle of a podcast, Carl. Anyway, uh, it's a perfect opportunity to tell you about my favorite bedding. So as an interior designer, of course, I've tried lots of different things from duvets to quilts to coverlets to blankets. And uh, I have my preferences. I always love a duvet, but my husband finds them to be way too hot and uncomfortable. We found the perfect thing because mama don't get anything dry cleaned. I don't dry clean anything. It's too expensive and that is too high maintenance for me. If I can't throw it in the washing machine, it does not fit my lifestyle. But I will make an exception for West Elm's Lush Velvet Tack Stitch Quilt. Yes, let me repeat it again because it's a mouthful. Lush Velvet Tack Stitch Quilt. Oh my gosh. I have never slept so well They are expensive. It was $140. And every time I get it dry cleaned, it's $35. So yes, I wait until it officially smells like BO. Is that TMI? This is a safe space, guys. We can can tell each other these things. But yes, I wait until it smells and then I take it in. But I have been not sleeping with this blanket for six days and my quality of life has gone down significantly. In fact, so much so that I bought a backup. So while this one was away, I bought a backup so I would never get in this position again because while I do have another blanket that I got from Pottery Barn, I do not like it half as much. I do not sleep half as well and I cannot be without my lush velvet tack stitch quilt. (laughs) whatever it was from West Elm. So now I'm the proud owner of two of them. And I'm so glad that Carl recognized how urgent it was for me to get this other one back in my life. Is there a product that you have that's like that, that you just can't live without and you're glad you splurged and you'll break all your rules and abandon your deal breakers to keep it in your life? Let me know about it because I probably need one or even two. (laughs) So make sure you write me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There you'll see a little form where you can ask me a question, but you don't have to ask a question. You can share a favorite item and then I'll share it with everyone and we'll all be happy and live with wonderful things that we just don't sleep as well without. All right, on to the next question. My next question comes from Renee, and Renee is writing from Atlanta, and she says, Hi, Betsy. How would you dress the smaller window in this scenario? So far, it has a blackout inset roller shade. 
Okay, Renee. So I'm looking at this room and it appears to be a nursery. So congratulations. And it has these kind of high transom windows, these small windows up high. They're probably two feet top to bottom and side to side. On one wall, it's probably six to eight feet long. And on the other wall, it's probably three to four feet long. And these walls are perpendicular to each other, right next to each other. Both windows are high and they're kind of close together. So each window is about a foot from the corner. The larger window that I explained, you've dressed that with a nice long rod and two panels that extend all the way to the floor. So you've done a very good job, Brene. Could I point out a couple of little things? Because that's what I do and I cannot hold my tongue. And for those of you who are on YouTube or on our show notes page and you're saying, Betsy, how could you let Renee get away with those two things that you outline in your book that you don't like? Well, this commentary is for you. So Renee, I like a rod that has a thicker diameter. I feel like skinny rods do not look sophisticated. They look wimpy very wimpy. So I never purchase a rod that's less than one inch in diameter. So that way it has some visual presence. It doesn't look like some kind of bashful wisp of a thing. The other thing I never, ever do, I hate clip rings. Ugh, I really, really hate clip rings. So clip rings are rings that are on the rod and then they have a little clip at the bottom so that you can clip on the drapery panel. So you don't have to thread it through the rod. You don't have to buy drapery hooks to thread the clip on that way. And you don't have to get a panel with grommets. I have a designer who shall remain unnamed who's addicted, addicted to clip rings. And it's just not going to fly. You can like clip rings in your own life. You can buy clip rings for yourself. But unless you're designing a dorm, and even then, you will not be using clip rings if you work for me because they look way too casual. And the fabric starts to pull out of them, especially with the little one tugging on these drapes. They're going to tug that fabric right out of those clips. Ugh, it just looks cheap. And worse than that, because you know I do love some cheap stuff, it looks uh, bad. Bad. It's just they're not hung equally because with clips, you don't have to space it the same way. You can just pop those clips on willy-nilly. So some of the folds in the fabric are deeper than others because they're not equally spaced. Ugh, just don't do the clip rings. I know they're affordable. I know they appear to be a super easy solution. But sometimes the easiest solution is not the best solution. All right, let's get to your actual question, Renee, because you're probably rolling your eyes at this point, and I don't blame you. You're like my 10-year-old son who's like, I know, mom, but I'm not going to change anything because I like it like this. Okay, okay. Uh, so for this little window, the window that's two to three feet wide, you're going to want to do the same type of rod, not this rod, but a rod that's got an inch diameter, but you'll want to make the rods on both windows the same. You'll want to hang it at the same height and you'll want to have it go all the way to the floor. But I would hang it outside the window significantly to make that window look larger. So I would hang the bracket for the rod at least six inches outside the window on both sides. 
Now, I know that this window is not the same as the window adjacent to it, but guys, if you have one window in the space and you decide to fully treat it with blinds and drapes, well, you can't ignore its little sister that's right next to it. You have to do the same thing. So because you have blinds, I would either leave well enough alone and just do the blinds in this room, or I would do blinds with the drapes, which it sounds like you're inclined to do. And I also really love that because it adds color, patterns, softness. And also, if these windows are at all drafty, you can get thermal line drapes, which can really help to keep out those gusts of wind. All right, Renee, I've given you enough gusts of wind going on and on and on about my favorite drapery hardware, but I sure hope that helped. Let's get to our next question. Next question comes from Kara. And I always love to see questions from Kara. It's been a while. Guys, don't be bashful. If you have questions, please write me. Even if you've written me before, I love to hear how things are going. I love to hear what new questions you have. Renee is also a repeat questioner, and I love it. It gives me stuff to talk about. So send those questions to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, Kara, you write from Salt Lake City. Thank you for your podcast. You're totally my decorating guru. Another reason to love Kara. Here's my question. How do you choose drapery, color, and or pattern? Thanks. All right. So it's drapery day here at Affordable Interior Design. No, no, just, just this part of the segment, right? I choose drapery after I've designed the entire room. Very rarely does the drapery serve as my inspiration piece. Inspiration piece being the multicolored piece from which I'm going to derive the color palette for the room, in which case I need to find it or decide it in the middle of my design process. But very rarely do I design a whole room around the drapes because there's not really all that many pattern drapes that I find that compelling. And... Also, drapes get faded a lot in the sun. And so there's something that you may want to change out a little more regularly than, say, a piece of art or a very large rug. Also, a piece of art or a very large rug is typically an easier inspiration piece to use because there's more selection. As I mentioned before, pattern drapes that are super interesting and compelling are few and far between. And also... When the drape is pushed to the side, as it so often will be, when it's pushed to the side, you can't even really get a sense of the colors or of the pattern because it's all smushed together. So you only get little peaks, but you don't actually get the full dose, unlike a rug, which is always unfurled, or artwork that is always in its full glory, right? So those are the reasons that I typically use drapes to kind of complete the picture, but it doesn't drive the design. So when I'm picking drapes, I'll design the whole room first, you know, all the core pieces, pick the color palette, then I'll drop it in my mood board after I've gotten 90% of the things selected. And I'll ask myself, what does this room need? You know, does it need another pattern or do I already have two to three patterns in this room? Does it need a dose of color or are the walls colorful? You know, if the walls are a green or a blue or a yellow or an orange or a red, 
well, I may not want to compete against that color with another color. And I certainly wouldn't want to compete with a solid. I've got a solid color wall right there. And then I put a solid panel in front of it. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't done it. In fact, I did it in my daughter's room. But it's just not something I always or typically do. So typically, I do choose a drape that has some sort of pattern. It could be like a tone on tone, like a trellis pattern or um, like a linear pattern. Uh, Sometimes I'll even do like an ombre or a color blocked drape. And then typically, I just kind of look at the mood board and ask myself what's missing. Because the exciting thing about drapes, especially if you're going for something rather simplistic, something that doesn't have a lot of pattern or color, something that's tone on tone, something that might be a solid, but maybe it's a super interesting fabric, like an open weave linen that almost has a textural pattern, right? So in that case, I can have lots of selection. And I can just Google, quite literally put into my search engine, Grommet panel, because you know I love me some grommet panels if you've read my book. Grommet panel, blue stripe. Or the other day I was designing this little boy's room and I put grommet panel, yellow ombre blackout. And I found just what I was hoping for. So, you know, if you don't ask, you won't receive, right? And so I ask the universe, and by universe, I mean Google, for exactly what is missing in the room. I don't mince words. And if that exact item doesn't come up for me, then I change my idea or I change my wording. Like instead of grommet panel, yellow ombre blackout, I might do grommet panel gold ombre blackout. Like, let's just see what happens. Or grommet panel wheat right? Depending on sort of the shade that I'm going for. Um, But that gives you some sort of places to start. But 90% of the time, I'll be doing a grommet panel for the aforementioned reasons. And if you want even more reasons why I like grommet panels, you need to get my book. Uh, But then also, I just fill in the blanks. What is missing here? And bear in mind, not every window needs drapes. So sometimes there are circumstances where I will just do a blind. There have even been times when I've left, I got to breathe in and out, a naked window. Very rarely, but um, sometimes I don't do drapes or blinds. So you'll want to really analyze the window and ask yourself what not only the room needs, but what's best for your window. Guys, it's always lovely talking to you. Make sure you keep in touch. Head to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast or go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links where you can find our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our Instagram, and so much more. Until next time, bye everybody. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. 
Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.